You're listening to the Stag Sports Network Podcast, only on FairfieldStags.com. Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome to this brand new episode of the Stag Sports Wrap here on the Stag Sports Network Podcast channel. Hope you all are enjoying now the season of change, and that being, well now, the 70 degree weather has sadly kind of gone away from us. We are now very much thickening it to the fall season. J.J. Duke, Drew Kingsley here with you, though. Drew, I know you're a man that does like the fall season a bit more. Is this uh, kind of your uh, your realm at this moment? I love it. I'm counting down how many more times I need to mow my lawn. We are probably down to two. I'll say three just so I don't get cursed. Yeah, well, landscaping show is certainly for another day here on the Stag Sports Network, but it is a valid point because I had to hack mine down yesterday. Um, Interesting, though, that we start this show because we're actually changing up a little bit. Uh, Usually we've started our previous three episodes with our full core sports teams. Well, the beautiful thing about how kind of college sports works is there always seems to be a new team that starts up their competition. And we have actually five teams that have just started (laughs) up their play. And the one that we kind of touched on in our last episode saying that, well, they were actually getting going right when we started recording our last episode, and that would be Fairfield Women's Golf. Now, the men's golf team did actually get a few competitions in before, so we've touched on them, but since our recording, uh, Doug Hollob's group has actually now played three tournaments, or actually currently playing in one while we're still recording, but... The women's team started their season back on Monday, September 26th at the 54-hole event up at Boston College, which is really an extremely tough event. Uh, played at a really high-quality golf course. Um, the group, though, saw vast improvements from this uh, from the uh, point that they played at last year to this year. Competition said they finished 11th out of 16 teams. There was over a 30-stroke improvement from last year's you know where they finished to this year. Um, a number of good individual starts from that. Addie Douglas, who's a senior, finished 19th in the field. Uh, freshman Caitlin Wachlowski actually carded a 200. By the way, shout out to your first ever round in collegiate <laughs> competition. You shoot a casual 200. Like, life's pretty good for you. But that helped set the stage for what was a memorable event in a number of ways, which was um, a 36-hole two-day event in the first couple of days of October that was up at Wintonbury Hills Golf Course, which is way up north in the state of Connecticut, where Fairfield tied for the championship. On the team side, where they shot a 6-15 over two days, tying Merrimack and actually had to claw back in the last day to get a share of the title. But also, Fairfield had the medalist, which is the individual winner in Sydney Nethercott. Now, we'll hear from Sydney in just a few moments, but Drew, we were kind of keeping an eye on this because we didn't actually have the live scoring for this event. We then all of a sudden saw on social media pop up, ooh, we're in the running for something here, and ended up being through the 48-degree weather, through the wind and the rain, almost snow. It would have been perfect British conditions, but... The Stags ended up prevailing in what was probably something, I don't want to say that we didn't expect coming, but after facing a tough event, you know, finishing in the bottom half of the field, saying, oh, you're looking for improvements. Not only was there improvements, there was a championship and a trophy coming back. Yeah, you know, the fall is for so many different things for sports like golf and tennis, which we'll get to later, and some of these sports that are out of their championship season. Obviously, you want to go out there and perform well, 
and you feel like if you perform well, maybe you'll have a chance, but you're not necessarily thinking about mm. first place. You're thinking about what can I do to get myself ready for the spring, and it's really nice when in the process you can take home some hardware to boot. Yeah, no, absolutely, and I mean, you look at it, we talk about individual improvements from week to week and actually the women's team have this kind of crazy schedule where they started so late on that they play five straight weeks in a row that is their full season and then they'll pick back up in late February early March and then head towards the MAC championship down at Disney but you have Sydney, who's been fantastic ever since she stepped foot on campus, was the medalist in this event, shot a two-day total of six over, one by five shots, which is actually pretty comfortable when you look at it. And in co- collegiate golf, you don't really know a lot. It's not like you have on the PGA Tour or the LPGA Tour with the big you know, electronic scoreboards on every hole. You're kind of only focused on yourself, and then when your coach comes up and tells you that you're winning this thing, by the way, that, that's got to be a shock to the system, but you had... Addie Douglas that puts in a great performance. Grace Crisio, a junior grad student, uh, formerly out of LIU, now here at Fairfield Julia Town, were all top 20 finishes. This actually sets the table up nicely for what could be a nice season. And uh, now we're going to bring in our conversation that I had with Sydney a few days ago prior to our recording. And we talked a bit about that, where this team can be, and of course, what went down at that event in Hartford. So here is my chat with the medalist of that event, Sydney Nethercup. So we talked about a little bit before we started recording. It was windy, it was rainy, it was just nasty out there. But Sydney, how did you yourself and the team able to persevere through really challenging conditions on a course that you guys didn't really know a lot about until you started playing on that Monday? Yeah, so um, I talked to one of my teammates before I went out and we we were talking about how better players play better in harder conditions. So when I was out there, I was trying to keep that mindset. And similar to that, like before we went out, I told my teammates that it's so important to grind for every shot, especially in those conditions, because people are going to get bad scores and you can't really get mad at stuff. You can't control like the wind and the rain and all that. So it's important to not get too frustrated and to just keep grinding and play with what you have. At what point did you start to realize, obviously this was a two day event that something was clicking for you. I know your group had a tough event the week before up in Boston college. Yeah. It was, was. but at what point did you think, okay, something is working. It's not the greatest out there, but just keep doing whatever you were doing. Yeah, so I actually worked a lot on my swing after Boston College, um, and I've been practicing a lot. So I was confident with what I had going into Hartford. Um, The first day I hit 15 greens and I missed one fairway. So I honestly was just in the zone, I guess, hitting-wise, which helped, and I was just trying to play with the wind and stuff. But – as a team collectively, I think after Boston College, we cracked down on like what we need to practice and we um, just tried to give it all like our all during rounds at Brooklawn and not just not just be there, but to like actually, you know, contribute. 
Oh, most definitely. And it clearly yeah. paid off because you get the medalist. The team shares the title with Merrimack. What what's that like, honestly? Because it's Honest, yeah. It's I was talking to my coach on 18 the last day, and we were just talking about even before I teed off the first day about how like in his time, the team has never won the women's team and um, neither has like an individual for a medalist. So I think it's great that that happened to happen at the same event, but he's very excited. And I mean, they, I was just in their office today and we were talking about how compared to last year, our team's already like 15 shots lower on average. So like, we have a lot of talent that came in and we're just trying to all play our best. How is the group mentality right now? Because I know there were a lot of changes to not yeah. just the five that go out, but the entire team graduated a handful. You brought in a number of players. So how has that been gelling? Like, I know you guys spent a lot of time together. So has the, the chemistry really come along quickly? Yeah. Um, our freshmen are honestly the sweetest people and we love to have their company one of them is Canadian and she's still like trying to navigate her way through America but um it's been fun and I feel like because we spend so much time with each other especially golf I feel like you're always like practicing and like traveling for like long periods of time so we all kind of bond over that and um, we all want to win and we all want to play well. So we're working together the best we can. And obviously this fall season, it doesn't conclude in any sort of a conference championship or anything like that. That comes in the yeah. spring, but mm -hmm. as we're talking right now, you guys are actually playing an event in Quinnipiac, you know, here's the uh, breaking the fourth wall. We're doing this a few days before our actual yeah. session, but you guys are playing Quinnipiac. Then you have an event at, um, Great River, just up the road, and then you finish out at Lehigh. When you step off the course at the end of October or in that final event, where do you, you want your own personal bar to be, and where does the team feel like they should be heading into the spring? I think the fall is a great starting point for us to see our potential. Um, not only have I put up a low round, but the freshman also shot 70 at BC which was great and it just shows that like we can go low if we want if we can like want to and I just think that we're gonna finish out strong and we're gonna practice during the off season as much as we can and try to play well for the spring yeah, so big appreciation to Sydney for uh, making the time busy schedules by the way that golf teams have because they don't play on your traditional sports days i guess you call it, which would be somewhere of wednesday through sunday they go monday tuesday so thank you to her for sitting in on a friday to do that and yes we did break a little fourth wall saying that it was a pre-recorded interview <laughs> but um no fantastic stuff and drew i know they've got a couple more events to come and we'll definitely uh, be keeping an eye on the things happening on the tees and the greens and all points in between yeah, it's 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 great to see. I think if you include some scrimmages and some practices, I'm pretty sure all 20 of our varsity athletic teams were in action this past weekend. 
Hmm. So that 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 you love to see. Yeah, you do love to see. It. And two more teams that opened up their schedule um, this past weekend. That would be Saturday, October the eighth. Was our men's and our women's rowing teams? They competed at the head of the Housatonic race. Um, a number of solid finishes there. Our men's novice eight boat won that event, and Fairfield men also placed third and fourth in the open fours. And the women's side competed um, in the varsity eights and open fours and finished. 11th in that event the women will actually compete on the 15th of october at the tail of the Housatonic, and then both will head up to cambridge mass later in october for the head of the charles regatta but another team that well two teams that ended up starting their season at home and at a flourish we stay in the water but we don't go on top of the water we're swimming through it that <laughs> is fairfield men's and women's swimming and i had a chance to sit down with their first-year head coach, J.C. Dyer, to talk about that performance because Fairfield ended up winning both the men's and the women's side in the Fairfield Invitational and a lot of major, major performances that came from it. So here's my chat with J.C. J.C., so we're talking a couple of days after Fairfield's first meet of the season. And first off for you, that has to that had to have been such a great feeling, your first meet with this program as a head coach. How excited were you for that day? I was so excited. Um, the few days leading up to it, I just my assistant actually looked at me and he's like, "How does it feel knowing that this is your first meet as a head coach? You can either leave this weekend like one and zero or zero and one, but this is like the start of your record." And he said that and I was like, "Uh, <laughs> that didn't even run through my mind yet." But um, this team has been great leading up to it. So from the start, day one of practice, they have just been so dialed in and so driven and just so positive and I just loved coaching them up until this point and then this weekend went even better than we could have even imagined. Oh for sure I mean we were talking before and you were just brimming with excitement of how not just obviously the men and the women winning their respective event uh, excuse me the um, entire meet but also the amount of pool records that were smashed the amount of individual wins I mean if you go on fairfieldstags.com and literally you keep seeing name then name wins a second event. Another name. Name wins a second event. I stopped preparing at that point, <laughs> thinking, "My goodness, that must have been like almost maybe a little relief, knowing that how well they swam and just kind of continuation from where everybody left off." Yeah, exactly. It was. It started with the with two two hundred medley relays. So it was the women's race, and then the men came after. I saw. I knew once the men finished and um, our sprinter on the a relay alexi belfour um he finished his 50 at the end and all the whole team on the pool deck just all kind of turned around and looked at each other like that was so fast mm. you know so it wasn't just the men it was the women's too like they all just turned around they're like i can't believe we all just swam that fast so i could kind of hear the talking on the pool deck and and i could just see the confidence in them just continue to rise throughout the meet and it all started with those relays and then we had the 800 free and then the 200s and it just it, they kept building on their own momentum and they, they they did that they were the ones that were creating that on the pool deck and they were creating that excitement and that momentum building throughout the entire meet so we kept having those wins and we kept having great swims because the team just was building on their own confidence and their momentum and it was it was so much fun it it's really been exciting. it's been fun to watch the growth of this program over the last six years or so because in previous conversations or listening to other conversations with your athletes or athletes that were here graduated and kind of set the bar you felt like this was coming and especially we were discussing on the men's side like the women's team were 
doing their thing, winning three straight championships. And then the men were looking like, well, now we have to pick up our own end. And they say winning is contagious, but also positive energy is contagious. And, I mean, you look at some of the swims that you guys had. You mentioned Alexia already. Matt Torres goes and breaks four Paralympic records in one meet. Um, I mean, now I think the real question is, from this day, where do you guys go in terms of challenging yourselves to continue building on this already high level of a platform you've set? Well, just to kind of touch a little bit on where this team is and just the positive environment that they have created, I just want to give kind of just... I don't want to say like a shout out, but I mean, the previous coaching staff did an yep. amazing job recruiting. I mean, they brought in really good people that are what Fairfield is all about, you know, and they brought in kids that were already excited to potentially win a MAC championship. So they did awesome building on that already. And so I just got lucky and, you know, was just given the people that are already here. But for me, it was just building on that and just building their trust. And everything was different, <laughs> you know, like yeah. who I am, the training, everything was completely different, but they bought in from the start. So we're working on a lot of detail work and a lot of consistency and making sure that on a daily basis, they are just applying what they want to do at the end of the season. So we saw a lot of that this past weekend where, you know, we were beating people off walls, you know, and yep. I think in the past that's a, been a little bit of a weakness of theirs and they were excited. Like I didn't breathe on my last stroke into the finish and like I did all this stuff that I didn't usually do. And so they were seeing how all the detail work that we're working on has helped with their success at this meet this past weekend. But I'm watching video back and there are still a lot of things that we still need to work on. So we're still going to continue with the consistency of practice. We're still going to continue with the detail work and we're still just going to keep increasing that, the conditioning and, um, you know, continue build. I don't want to say yardage cause it's not <laughs> like, I'm not just going to hammer like yardage and absolutely destroy them on a daily basis, but we're still going to make sure that those practices are, you know, beneficial and they understand the purpose of them and what they need to work on. And so we're, we're going to work on that consistency and keep, building on this momentum that they built this past weekend well i mean that's the beauty of it it's only october right yeah. now this is a season it's a long season that goes through basically march if you want to yeah. continue swimming the way that you are you touch on something that i'm very curious on hearing because this is the first time that we've got you on this platform here coming into this program you obviously had coached at a high level in a power five conference um been with other programs as well has been very successful so what drew you to coming here and then the early doors of not only just trying to know everybody's name and know what everybody is about but at the same time bringing your experience with the experience that this group has like was this almost the perfect fit for your first head coaching job yeah honestly it was so since since I started coaching I've always wanted to be a head coach of a combined program division one that has always been my goal from the start and um, I actually so my first coaching job was at the University of Toledo which is my alma mater and I will never forget this the senior women's administrator the SWA and um, she and I became very close when I was coaching there and she was a very very nice person I really like her a lot she asked me when I was coaching there she said so what do you want to do in five years in this profession and I said well I still want to be an assistant but I want to probably be at a different program and learn from other programs other people other coaches other training styles and methods and just because I eventually want to be a head coach and she said well how long I said well probably about 10 years and Mm. she said 10 years that's a long time I'm like yeah but 
I feel like it'll, I'll be ready then. Okay. And it was funny because I got this job 10 years after I started coaching. So I called her up and I'm like, I told you, I called it 10 years. <laughs> um, but this, but Fairfield had everything that I initially wanted for a first, first time head coaching job because division one combined program, they're an up and coming program. They had the, um, but we had MAC championships, obviously, yes, and yeah. so many other positive events, even throughout the um, CSCAA Nationals that Fairfield have competed at before. So yep. there's obviously a huge platform that they've already set before yes. you know, coming in here now. And a ton of support from the administration, yep. too. Yep. So I could feel he- being here that they want this program to be even further than the MAC, if yep. that makes any sense. Yeah. Like, they want to be out there on a national level, and that's what I want, too. You know, I don't, I don't think we've ever had anybody yet NCAAs, you know, and I, I want that for this team. And we have people on the team right now that want that for themselves. So I want to keep getting our name out there on a national level, like win the MAC, you know, win our championships, but also like help them grow into great individuals and be ready to be, you know, to be prepared for life after college, you know, so accomplish really great things in college as a student athlete and then continue on with their lives after in a really great and positive way. Again, big thanks to JC for sitting down and chatting with us. Fairfield Swimming will be next at home on the 15th of October against Monmouth in a dual meeting. Now, no, Drew, that you are actually inside the RecPlex in another venue all weekend long. We'll get to that reason in just a moment, but you could really feel the energy, um, how loud it was inside the RecPlex because the pool, great acoustics in there, but all those teams were bringing it. And I think this is the start of what could be something very special in a new era now under Coach Dyer. Oh, yeah. I think it was just – it was a great start. I love the atmosphere for swimming, especially when you put together – I believe there were six teams on the women's side, and uh, four or five of them had their men's team there as well. So you have a lot of student-athletes there who are all at the same point in their season. They've all been itching to get back to competition. A lot of local teams. So we also had a lot of parents and supporters there. Just a really great atmosphere. And, yeah, I was in the other part of the uh, – Recplex, where it was about 30 degrees cooler, believe it or not. But we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah, that we will, because we first have to start off as we go back to our fall core teams, the teams that we've been covering since the uh, the get-go of this, uh, the return of the Stag Sports Wrap. And Fairfield women's soccer continues to find ways to impress us and continue to weigh to get results, especially on the road, because most recently a 1-0 away at Ryder on the 8th. That came after a 4-1 win against Manhattan, which was right after a great match through the remnants of Hurricane Ian, where it absolutely chucked down with rain all day on October the 1st. Quinnipiac, a 3-2 victory, uh, where Rebecca Cook did what she has done all year, leading the nation goal scoring. But what I like to see from this group, Drew, is the fact that they're finding new ways to win games. And also, they're being consistent and just grinding out results in a league schedule that can get demanding. Yeah, they've been uh, they've been resilient. That's odd to say about a team with such a good record, but yeah. they really have been resilient. If you take, for example, that Ryder match where that that would had to be a frustrating match for the Stags. They had a lot of quality chances, and that Ryder keeper, shout out to her, just kept making saves. But the Stags kept. They kept coming offensively. The defense did what they had to do to make sure that uh, clean sheet stayed intact on the other side, and they came away with another win, and they are putting themselves in a very good position for 
a tournament that is a lot closer than we think. Yeah, well, and what Drew was mentioning, this 1-0 at Ryder where Reagan Klarman uh, hit the back of the net for the first time this season. Elle Scott, who's now become a facilitator, by the way, in addition to her goal scoring, she leads the way with four goals and six assists offensively, setting that one up, a lovely cross from the right flank, and Klarman a tap in. But Fairfield out shooting Ryder 27-2 to in that match. But you take away the 27 shots that the Stags had, the two none on target, that's been years since that's last happened. I mean, you feel for Katie Wright, actually, because what can you do? You can't <laughs> pitch a you know a midday lunch picnic of some sort. You can't bring a book out there. But that's a credit to how good the defense has been, not just how much of Fairfield been scoring. Zeros are zeros in the box score. I'm sure she's very happy to take the clean sheet. Yeah. Absolutely. So Fairfield back in action. Actually, two more games on the road uh, where they'll be traveling to St. Peter's on Wednesday the 12th. Away at Canisius, which is actually a very tricky game. The Golden Griffins putting together a really nice season this year on October the 15th. And then kind of that match that a lot of people have been waiting for. We've obviously been waiting for the Quinnipiac one for a while. Niagara is the team that's looking for retribution after falling to Fairfield in penalties in the quarterfinals of the MAC tournament last year. That will be on October 22nd at 12 p.m. And by the way, one quick note that I found was very interesting. Fairfield, 10-3 and at the time of recording. This is the seventh time in program history that the Stags have won 10 of their first 13 games. And the last time they did that, 2014, where they got to the championships. So... Maybe there might be some tendencies in there. Stay tuned. Um, you were mentioning before about spending on the opposite side of the recplex over the last few days as volleyball is in a four-match homestand. Fairfield continues to just keep the standards. You and I have been texting about this a lot over the last couple of days, and it's impressive to see that Todd Cress's group, they usually get out to these hot starts, but in the manner that they're doing this hasn't been seen in a while. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, as as the person who does these nominations and this voting for Player of the Week in the MAC, you look at the stats and there is no player that's putting up four or five kills a set. There's no player with 20 digs. I mean, they're running a 6-2. There's no player with yep. 20, 30 assists. It's just everybody. And try to list the starters for this team. You come up with nine or ten names that you would call a starter, the way that rotation goes deep. And this weekend we saw some players who previously you wouldn't consider part of that rotation also come in and get the job done. And they're they're playing very, very well right now. And this is, this is the standard that they work toward. Yep. And now the tricky part is you've got to keep it up for another month and a half or so. Yeah, that it is. Um, I mean, the end goal, and I've said it before for Fairfield, actually, the way that the tournament works this year, first and second are basically the same thing because you get that double buy into a semifinal where everybody goes down the tournament at Disney. But you talk about this tricky stretch coming. Marist home on Wednesday the 12th, then at St. Peter's and Ryder. Ryder obviously being one of the teams you have to watch out for. Then home on the 22nd, 23rd against Niagara and Canisius. In years past, we'd be saying, and I will kind of say this again, if they can go 4-1, and one, that would be exceptional during that stretch. I don't think that 4-1 and one is even acceptable for this group right now. I think the way they're playing, you know, Coach Kress is very careful. He does not talk about results. He no, talks he doesn't. about process and performance. But they're at a point where if their performance is where they've set the standard, that is more often than not going to be a win. Yeah, that it is. Um, I mean, I believe that they believe that they are the best team on the floor every time that they walk 
onto a floor and enter a gymnasium. So that's going to be very interesting to watch how this these next two weeks really transpire because we're going to learn a lot really about this group. Um, another group that we're learning a lot about recently, a team that just started their league play since we have last recorded is Fairfield Field Hockey, where they're currently right now 2-1 and one in league play, a win on the road at Sacred Heart. It was a very good match. I thought the standard that Sacred Heart brought was solid. I ended up actually going to that game and watching in person. So Fairfield had to grind that one out a 3-2 victory, but Nora Ama in the middle was outstanding, had a couple of goals and ended up getting the winner in that one. And then after a tough 3-1 loss away at Ryder, Fairfield did something that they haven't done in quite a long time, which was hit the back of the net with the frequency that they did. And why I say that, you know, they score goals, plenty of them, but they put eight past Merrimack, which is the most since the end of the 2016 season when Fairfield bagged 10 against LIU Brooklyn. I know Drew Ryder is always kind of that team that Fairfield looks in the league as their main rival. I look at it this way for Fairfield. You wanted a response on Sunday, this past Sunday against Merrimack. Fairfield got it, and this really has to boost that confidence going into what is going to be a, a – this league is – the parity is fantastic. There are a lot of very good teams that are right in and amongst each other. The next By the next time that we record, Fairfield will have played St. Francis, Wagner, and LIU in league play. Quinnipiac is also in there in a non-league game as well. Getting the offense going the way that it does sets themselves up really nicely for that stretch. Yeah, it was great to see the offense um... – put up eight you know i saw i was over at volleyball i saw they just had the live stats going and it was just pinging four or five i believe it was six in the first half and then to add a couple more after the break as well and as you say this the nec is it is literally larger than every than ever before but it is also deeper than ever before yeah, absolutely the, the time we're talking there's wagner at three and oh there's four teams at two and one it's a four-team tournament, so one of those teams isn't even going to make it to the postseason. And to be honest, that's probably a team that could win the tournament if yeah. they were in it, but they're going to be watching it from home. So that's why every game now in this league is important. And uh, after that Merrimack match, I spoke with the Hattrick Hero, by the way. It's been a while <laughs> since I've said that. And again, it's not. there's nothing in that. It's just saying that there's always been great balanced goal scoring. But Emma Radabaugh, how about this for efficiency? Three shots. Three goals. How do you like that? And then also Carmel Van Dyke with a goal and two assists. So I spoke to the pair of them after that match. So here's what Emma and Carmel had to say. Eight goals is something we don't often see in the sport of field hockey. And Emma, you had three of them. When was the last time you had a hat trick? Um, Probably high school. I would say probably junior or senior year. So been a while. First one for college. First one for college, but it had to feel good, especially after it was a, a challenging day against Ryder on Friday, but an opportunity to really kind of right the wrong and have that offensive explosion. So for you guys, what was working today? Well, especially after Ryder, it felt good to come back and get a lot of goals on the board. Um, we had a lot of execution, better on our corners than against Ryder. Um, anything to add, Carm? Um, I would say that what worked well today was the communication. We had a lot of people try new positions on the field, and a lot of new people have appearances um, in general. And I feel like um, for certain people to step up and coach the 
like new players, that was really valuable. And I feel like uh, it shows because we got a lot of people um, to have their first goal, a lot of people to have their first goal in a while. Mm. Um, so that was really good to see. And also another thing for you, Carmel, you're in on a lot of offensive corners as well. And uh, it was really clicking today. So I know you guys have been working a lot on that over the last couple of games, and it seems like it's paying off. Um, I would say it is, yeah. I think it's looking um, a lot tighter than it was at the beginning of the season. Um, the speed that we have behind our corners is just, um, it's really there now. Um, the inserts and the stops are just, they're really getting there. Um, I feel like we can still execute on them a little better. We still had a lot of them today and we um, didn't score on all of them. So I think we can keep working on it, but um, I definitely see progress, yes. No, most definitely. Now looking ahead, obviously we still have a, a brunt of the schedule in the league games to come. St. Francis still there. Wagner obviously going to be game LIU as well. But do you feel like, and both of you guys can chime in on this, do you feel like this could be the springboard for a, a very happy next few weeks? It definitely can be. I think we're moving in the right trajectory. And I think that we just have to remember going forward to the importance of playing our game. And yeah. I feel like um, conference conference games are something that um, we're familiar with. We've been um, playing against this sort of team for a while now, and as like this is my third year, I know what kind of teams we're playing against. And um, this win with this many goals, I f I feel like that really sets us up for success in the NEC. Um, and I know we lost to Ryder, um, but I feel like as we keep building our confidence and as we keep getting better, um, that we can really do something great in that tournament. So again, uh, Fairfield Field Hockey back in action at home in the league on the 21st of October against Wagner, a non-league game before that on Sunday the 16th to Quinnipiac. Men's soccer, since our last recording, uh, have gone 1-3 in the league, all one-goal decisions, a 1-0 at home against the Mount, and then three heartbreaking one-goal losses against Quinnipiac, as well as Manhattan and Ryder. There are a lot of positives to take from that, however, as senior Alex Oliveira scored twice against Ryder, a couple of really nicely taken goals as well. And then once at Quinnipiac, he and Razamir have each scored four to pace the Stags this season. Fairfield do have another couple of home matches during the stretch, one against St. Peter's on Wednesday, October the 12th, and then Canisius on the 15th. Both Fairfield Field will have to win that match to the way we talked about how deep the NEC is on field hockey side, the Mac on the men's soccer side, no one has really separated themselves. So even a couple of tough losses, you can still vault yourself up the table with results. Now, Drew, we would at that point have finished our fall core sport, but you brought this to my attention yesterday morning. So this we're recording on a Tuesday. You texted me on Monday that it our the weekend is not quite over yet because men's tennis had themselves a historic day out at West Point. Yeah, they uh, out at the ITA regionals. The the Northeast Regional is broken into two sections just to account for the number of teams. Stags were up at West Point with a uh, just a, a great, very competitive group. And coming out of that weekend, uh, we'll be sending not just one, but we'll be sending two teams to the Super Regional, which will be up at Harvard in a couple weeks. Uh, that's the doubles team, Kaya Gore and Tolnay Sumer, as well as Guillen Shah and Jonathan Olive Blanco, each winning their draw coming out of that tournament. And that's that's unprecedented in Fairfield tennis history under this format to be sending two doubles teams to Super Regionals. Kaya, we should mention, also was one win away on the single side from joining them 
and and in the singles bracket at super regionals. Now we should note, by the way, that this the fall season is a lot different than what you will see in the spring season because when you actually go on to the Fairfield tennis schedule, you actually will not see a record because a lot of this is getting match play, getting that match fitness going, trying to improve your rankings. But also, this is something that not only can bolster the confidence of athletes, but also something that can get them into potentially bigger events down the road with your ranking. So I guess the question, Drew, is, is since this is the fall season is a bit of a individual base to, like I said, get your match fitness and stuff like that, but also you know get that belief in your game, how important is this for Fairfield tennis program to not be sending just one but two doubles teams to what is a major competition in the ITA uh, Super Regionals? Well, I think... Anytime you can play tough competition is a good thing in one respect or another. And I think, um, you know, we all know how good Kaya Gore is. He's mm-hmm. every, anybody who follows Fairfield knows that, even if you don't know anything about tennis. He's the back-to-back Mac player of the year. But to be sending two doubles teams, that's four players. You only start six. So, And uh, for that matter, a lot of the other guys that played this past weekend did very well, picked up some wins as well, just didn't make it as far. So this is really... I don't want to go be too dramatic and say redefining what the fall is about, but it's adding another aspect to the fall. It's not just about getting matches under your belt against somebody wearing a different colored shirt than you. It's it's really about challenging yourself, seeing how far you can go and getting a taste of it. So when you're in the thick of it against some really good MAC teams, some good out-of-conference teams, or if you happen to go further than that and play in the NCAAs, you're not seeing an unprecedented level of competition. Mm-hmm. You're playing a level that you've challenged yourself and competed well against already yeah it's going to be fun to watch and we will have um, more on these super regionals the next time that we record because that event will have just concluded by the time that we record so we will be looking forward to watching all four of those are all four athletes with the two teams going at it drew good stuff lot to get into and i think our next episode which will be in two weeks time so the end of october we are going to be diving head first into the postseason picture, which kind of is the one that we always look forward to. We get to discuss, all right, what are the matchups going to be? What what could what could be the outcome? Could we be seeing some trophies? So that's, um, I, I can't wait for that. It gets late real early in mm-hmm. these fall seasons, and before you know it, we're going to be talking about these playoff scenarios. Who needs to win what? Who's already locked up what? Where we might be? Where you and I personally will be Good, covering yeah. these different teams, and it's yeah, it's a really exciting time, and uh, we'll also be a couple weeks away from talking about basketball as another two teams thrown into the mix that have a lot of excitement around them. It never is quiet around here, <laughs> no, not sir. at all. So for Drew Kingsley, I'm JJ Duke signing off. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Stag Sports Wrap. Keep on uh, keep in tune with us all throughout our social media platforms as we continue throughout this fall semester. So until next time, go Stags. Thank you for listening to the Stag Sports Network podcast. For past and future podcasts, visit fairfieldstags.com.